Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Great singing this morning. I'm so glad you chose to be in the house of the Lord today. And isn't it wonderful to worship the Lord together? And uh, I'm so glad we could be here this morning. There's nothing like the gathering of the local church. Nothing like a group of people coming together. Uh, recognizing, you know what, without Christ, we are all in trouble. And so with Christ, we can come together, we can sing of who He is, what He's done in our life, and uh, what a great lineup of songs we were able to sing here together uh, this morning. All right, take your Bibles if you would, and let's go to a very, very familiar psalm to many of you, I'm sure, and that is Psalm 91. All right, if you would go to Psalm 91, and I want to take you to a place this morning in the Word, I think God will reveal to us uh, some comfort and encouragement and uh, lead us here in this way. Brother Tyler uh, kind of given an introduction. I pastor Faith Baptist Church over in Fairless Hills, so uh, just over the Delaware. And uh, we came yesterday, took my mother. As he mentioned, she is celebrating her 60th birthday tomorrow. And uh, so we surprised her this weekend. And it all just kind of fell in line perfectly that I could be here. And so my parents are at another church this morning uh, with the rest of my family. We're glad to be here with you today and uh, worshiping the Lord, all right? I would probably not choose to go to Wildwood on my own. I would probably choose Ocean City or something like that, but there is a lady in my church that has a four-bedroom condo and lets me use it. So I said, you know what? If it's free, it's for me. I'll take it, and we're there, and uh, we're enjoying a great time. And a little cold, but it's all right. It could be worse this time of year, right? And so when we set it all up, my dad said, can you meet us in Florida? I said, Dad, I don't know about meeting you in Florida. How about you meet me at the Jersey Shore? It's kind of one and the same, right? Let's go there and enjoy. And uh, he said it could be snowing. And I said, well, it could, but we'll make memories. And so it was great. And uh, so we're enjoying that. But we're glad to be here this morning. How many of you need to hear from the Lord this morning? All right, I do. And I want to hear from Him. And we're going to go to Psalm 91, as I mentioned, a very familiar passage of Scripture to many. And as we approach this psalm, anytime you approach a psalm, it's, it's very important that you stop and kind of consider you know, who wrote it and what might have been going on in their life during that time? Our brother just read Psalm 51 this morning. We all read that as a church here this morning. And that was a time in David's life where he was coming before the Lord and uh, confessing his sin before the Lord. So it gives a whole lot of meaning when you recognize the author. The interesting thing about Psalm 91, if you look at your Bible there right at the very top, normally they tell us who it is that wrote this psalm. And there is no author given here in this passage and uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, many have likened and said that if Jewish historians ascribe that if there's no author in the psalm written, then you would go back to the last psalm that was written and find that author. So some of you right now are going back to look. And, and here's what you would find, that Psalm 90, uh, the author there is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. You can see that there right above the superscription there in your Bible. And so if that is true, that you go back and you're able to look, then many have said that Psalm 91 would have been written by Moses. Now, when I read Psalm 91 with you in a moment, 
Uh, you're going to see that this would seemingly make sense that Moses maybe have been the author. And whether Moses was or was not, here's what God is letting us know, and the author wants us to know. The aim of Psalm 91 is to provide security for God's children. Now here's what we know. Everybody in the world wants security. Don't we, don't we as individuals just want security? This year it's said that 20.64 billion dollars is going to be spent on individuals installing security systems in their home right here. I said in the world, but it's in the United States. 20.64 billion. Now that doesn't include all the individuals that say, you know what, I don't know that I can trust the security system, but I'm going to get a dog, right? Uh, or I don't know that I can trust the dog or the security system, so I'm going to arm myself. I know I'm in New Jersey, and I need to be careful about talking about arming ourselves and all that, but uh, we're in Pennsylvania. It's all good over there. But anyway, uh, people want to be secure, don't they? People want, we want security. Anywhere we go in our life, we look at this thought of we want security. Well, I want you to know in Psalm 91, God reminds us for His children, look at this, there is a source There is a place, there is a blessing, and there is security, not just because you're a child of God, but there is security found in the presence of God. Now, as a pastor, uh, I spend all of my time, most of my time, I should say, with individuals coming, and they want counseling, and they need help. And you know, at the end of the day, most people are saying, could you give me some guidance, but could you offer some security in my life? Could you help me look at this decision? And, and you would know this uh, as pastors, we're just human beings like you, and we are limited in our ability. You would know that. Um, but people want security. Just this week, uh, Tuesday, the phone rang, and there's a family in our church. They're attending there this morning. Uh, they have a 42-year-old daughter. She has nine children. And uh, they just retired from Texas and moved to our area. And as soon as I met them, I said, wait a minute. People don't retire from Texas to live in Levittown, Pennsylvania. If you've never been to Levittown, you just got to go and experience it, all right? But nobody retires. And they said, well, we have a, uh, a daughter, and she has nine children. And so we came here to help. Uh, this week, their 42-year-old daughter had a brain aneurysm and passed away on Monday. You know, and this family, do you know what they want right now? They want security. I got to experience the grace of God this week. I walked into their home, uh, the lowest point in their life. They've never been lower than they were this week on Tuesday. I sat in their living room, and you know what I got to experience? I got to experience a family that had security, that had blessing, that had hope, and the most difficult time in their life. Because they weren't turning to any other source for help for guidance, for wisdom. They were turning to the Word of God. They were turning to the presence of God and the words they shared with me. The words they shared in those moments reminded me that in the presence of God, there is blessing and there is security. And so here's the title of our message this morning. We can live fearless in dangerous times. As God's children, we can live fearless in dangerous times. Let's go to Psalm chapter 91. I'm going to read the entire Psalm, but we are going to focus on the first two verses. I would assume a good percentage of you in the room this morning could probably quote uh, Psalm 91, 1 and 2, or a portion of it. 
But let's look at this afresh and anew here this morning. Look at your Bibles here, Psalm 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Now I need to pause for a moment. Remember, there's a good possibility that Moses was the author of this psalm. And if Moses was the author of this psalm, then as we start to read about uh, the plagues and the pestilence and the different things, you'll see how that would make sense. Look at verse 3, the testimony. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in noonday, in darkness, I'm sorry, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9 says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee upon their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray together here this morning and ask God to speak to each of us. Lord Jesus, I love you today. And I thank you so much for the precious word of God. And Lord, everyone here in this auditorium this morning, or maybe those that are worshiping here online this morning, every one of us need to hear from you. Every one of us are very aware that in our life, we are limited. And in our life, we are going to have difficulties. We're going to have unknown circumstances. We'll have trials. And Lord, I'm thankful today that I can go to the Word of God and I can hear testimony and I can be reminded that in dangerous times, we can live fearless because not of who we are, God, but because of who you are and what you provide for those that will dwell with you and, and, and remain with you. And so, God, would you help this morning as I... Uh, communicate that it would be clear, uh, Lord, that it would point to you. Uh, Lord, I have nothing to offer, only uh, the message and the words that you have before us. And so may that be clear. Speak to hearts here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're not sure exactly, as we said, the author, but as we look at this, he's found security in God. This author has found security in God, and you know what? He wants you to know about the security that he has found in God. Now, it's a wonderful thing. The, the greatest way to market something is word of mouth, isn't it? So uh, you get something and you enjoy it and you've experienced it, and so you want somebody else to know about it, so you start sharing with them. Well, I don't know about you, but if somebody finds security, a place, a, 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 a place that would provide and, and give this provision of security in my life, I want to know about it. Well, this author says, hey, you need to know some things, and, and he gives us the opportunity. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice is this. Notice who is invited to have security provided. Notice if you would look back at your Bibles, who is invited to have this security? Well, he says, he that 
dwelleth. I want you to mark that word or consider that word he. Who is the he that he's talking about? This security that the author is talking about, it's not a security that is only reserved for Moses or the Old Testament prophets or the kings of Israel or the judges in the Old Testament. This isn't just some security that's provided for religious leaders. This security is provided for anyone that is willing to come to God, recognize who He is, and dwell in His presence. The security is provided who any, uh, for anyone that wants to come and surrender to God. Look, look at it says, He that dwelleth. It doesn't say, it doesn't give us the opportunity. It gives us the understanding that the individual has the opportunity to surrender themselves give themselves over to God, yield themselves to God in His presence. And he says, when you do that, when you dwell in the secret place, there's something amazing that happens in your life. And so he that dwelleth in the secret place. Now all through the Bible, we get to see the behavior and the character of God. Right? I want you to think about the behavior and the character of God for a moment. And Peter tells us a little bit about the character and the behavior of God. Peter says in Acts chapter 10, verse number 34, the Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now look at that verse for just a moment. What did Peter say about the behavior and the character of God? He is no respecter of persons. I'm thankful about that. I'm thankful for the fact that God is not like you and I, right? Now, God is not looking. James actually talks about this when one comes into your church or your congregation and, and maybe he looks and seems wealthy and you say, hey, come here. I have a seat reserved for you. This is kind of paraphrasing, but that's what the book of James talks about. And, and then somebody else comes into your congregation and, and they don't look so wealthy and put together and you say, oh, well, we, we have a spot over here. James is teaching there, look, look. We're not behaving like that. God doesn't behave like that. And God is no respecter of persons. You agree with that this morning? Aren't you thankful for that? Okay, so this is the nature and the character of God. We're, we're going somewhere as we develop this point. Uh, we know that God sent His Son Jesus into the world to die for the sins of the world. Don't we know that? So we know God is no respecter of persons. And then Romans 10.13 says this. Look at this verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Consider that word whosoever. See, we understand God's no respecter of persons. God is a whosoever God, isn't he? He wants the entire world to be saved. I'm thankful that I can look out amongst this crowd and recognize that as we make up, by the way, we're a crazy bunch of people, aren't we? I mean, if you were to remove, and we can't, praise God, we can't, but if you were to remove Christ from our equation, we're a messed up group of people. And if this is your first time here, Come back next week and, and you'll see that this, this is a great group of people. You know what unites us? The fact that we recognize God is no respecter of persons, that my sin separated me from God. He's a whosoever God, and I can put my faith and trust in Him, and He would receive me as His child. That gets me excited when I think about the nature and the character of God that He is for the entire world. So we know that God is no respecter of persons. We know that He wants all to come to Him, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, we know that God is not wanting any to perish. God wants all to be saved. Second Peter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, 
but is long-suffering to us. Aren't you thankful that God is long-suffering? I mean, if you were to stop and think of your life, I would assume that God was patient and long-suffering and He was caring for you. So look what it says. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? You know what God wants? God wants all to come to repentance. So we know He's no respecter of persons. He's a whosoever God. He doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come. And all through the Bible, we see God offering His blessing and provision to all mankind. How do we receive the blessing and the provision that God is offering? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must, what's that next word? Believe. He that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Listen, church, this is the nature and character of God. God wants all mankind to recognize He is holy and we are not. He gave His Son to die for the sins of the world. And when we come to Him recognizing that we have imperfections, we have sin, we repent of our sin and recognize His holiness and give our life to Him, what does He do? He, he accepts us into His family. And then we begin to experience the blessings, the nature, the character of God and who He is. We understand that this morning, right? He's a whosoever God. When Psalm chapter 91 I take the nature and the character of God that I know all throughout the Bible, and I look at Psalm 91, and look, he's not dealing with salvation in verse number 1 and 2. He's dealing with the provision and the protection that he is going to provide for his children. And so if you're here this morning and you say, listen, I'm a child of God, I've recognized my sin, I've recognized the Savior, I've put my faith and trust in Him, now God says, I want to help you in your life, child. I want you to have security, I want you to have protection, but there's some instructions that you need to follow in order to place yourself in the right vicinity of God so that you can have this protection and this security. And sometimes, look here, look here, sometimes it's our nature, I'm, I'm trying to find out where the edge is, I don't want to fall off this, and that'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? I'm kind of used to, in, in my, my pulpit, I can walk in front of it and talk, and I was like just about to do that actually, that's why we're having this conversation or I had to remember where I was. Sometimes in life, and let me ask this, how many of you like to take shortcuts? Okay, so you've got plans, you've got directions, you buy something new, you're going to put it together and you're like, I saw the model, I don't need to look at the directions, I've got this figured out. Anybody, is that any of you? That, that's me, okay? So in my family we have this process where if we buy something we have to put it together. My wife follows instructions to every detail. And so she helps me, and she says, it says take this screw and this bolt and put it in that hole. And I'm like, all right, I can do that, right? So we work together. I know, I'll give you my man card after church, but that's how it works in my home. We like to take shortcuts. Sometimes we like to think, well, I know where I need to be. I know what I need to do, but listen, I want to ask you this morning, in your Christian life, don't take shortcuts. Listen, what we're talking about here. So many are missing out on the provision, the security, the peace of mind that God wants to provide because we are not finding ourselves following the instructions that we find in Psalm 91. Let's look at this. Psalm 91, he says this. He, guess what? That's all of us. We can recognize, hey, wait a minute. God is offering me this security. God is offering me this protection. He that 
What's the next word in your Bible? He that what? Dwelleth. He that dwelleth. You know what the word dwelleth means? It's probably not a word you use this week in your life, but he that dwelleth, it means to remain, to sit, to abide. This is my favorite. To take up permanent residence. Do you know what the author of Psalm 91 is teaching? He says, hey, there is a place. There is something in your life that needs to happen because God's going to provide security. He's going to provide provision. Hey, look, it's not going to map out exactly like you want. I've got, got a lot that I want to talk to you about here this morning, and I've got to stay on point. I've got a hard cutoff time. Oh, we've got plenty of time. Look at this. One o'clock I have to dismiss. Is that right? No, all right. If Moses is the author of this, Moses' life was pretty difficult, wasn't it? I mean, when God comes to him and says, hey, I, need, I'm, I got a spokesperson that's going to go before Pharaoh, do you think Moses ever thought, like, I'm going to be the guy to go talk to Pharaoh? No. And Moses actually said, I, I can't do You need to get Aaron, somebody else. I can't do this. And God says, hey, I'm going to help you. And so Moses, what's that in your hand? He says, well, it's, it's a rod. He says, throw it down, and it becomes a serpent. You remember this from the book of Exodus? And God says, okay, Moses, now take that thing by the... Well, first of all, when he threw it down, what did Moses do? He ran. Smart guy. Get out of here, right? God says, no, no, now take it by the tail and pick it up. And Moses picks that up, and what's it become again? A, a rod, right? That staff in his hand, okay? So, so then God says, okay, I'm going to remind you I, I'm God over creation, and I'm God over your life, Moses. And so what does he say? Hey, Moses, take your hand and put it in your bosom. And so Moses puts it in, and, and it, God says, now pull it out. And he pulls it out, and you remember what his hand was? It was white. It was leprous, right? And so leprosy, no cure for leprosy. God's like, I got this, Moses. Put your hand back in your bosom, pull it out, and it's just as it was before, like it was never there. And so what's God teaching him? Hey, I'm God over creation. I'm God over your life. And then he says, and if they won't listen then, go to the river, get some water, pour it out on the ground, and that water's going to become what? Blood. After all that, you know what Moses said? I can't go talk to Pharaoh. I've got a speech problem. Wait, you just had a leprosy problem and God took care of it. Now you have a speech. Are you seeing this? So if Moses is the author of Psalm 91, that gets us pretty excited, isn't it? Because you know what Moses is telling us? I've learned some things in my life. I've learned that when I was scared, when I didn't know what to do, when I was in dangerous times, because you've got to know, going to talk to the Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, saying, hey, you need to let us go. And Pharaoh's looking like, I got all these servants working for me every day. Now, if I let you go three days into the wilderness and worship a God that he didn't even care about, imagine all those man hours he was no longer getting, right? You get that. Moses experienced all that. You know, I know what he's saying. Hey, here, look here. Let's learn. He that dwelleth. Moses says, if you are going to receive this protection, this security, this refuge, this fortress, this God that you can trust in, you need to dwell. You need to take up Permanent residence dwelling in the presence of God. Spending time, he's going to define it for us as this secret place. Now imagine if you got word that a storm was coming today that was going to wreak havoc across this area. And then you were told there is a shelter. And if you will go to this location... You will be fine. Everything will be taken care of. If you stay in your home, we're not sure, but get to this location. Wouldn't it be foolish for you to think, no, nah, I'm going to just ride this out? 
No, we would all seek to get to that shelter because we knew. Here's what we got to think this morning, and you got to know this. And I want you to hear the the heart of God and, and the heart of the message this morning. Church, life is very difficult. And at any moment, we could be looking at something in our life physically, spiritually, monetarily, that literally could rock our world as we know it. It could come into our life unexpectedly. The phone rings. You get the call you never wanted to hear. Right? So we understand that life is difficult. You know what the author is saying? He, that could be us, right? He that dwelleth, that takes up permanent residence. Look back at verse 1. He that dwelleth in the, what are the next two words? The secret place. This is not a geographical location. Right? This isn't, this isn't just, let's think about the secret place. God doesn't say set your GPS or your phone to this certain coordinates and once you get there. No, here's the secret place. The secret place is where God's perfect love casteth out every fear. The secret place is a place where you're focusing completely on the unchanging nature and the truth of God. I don't know about you, I want to describe this place for you, but really the Word of God describes this place. The secret place is where God's love casteth out every fear. It's a a place where we focus completely on the unchanging truth of God. It's a place where intimacy and fellowship with God the Father takes place. The secret place, it's a place where we experience the complete protection and shelter that is only found in God. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a place that I want to go. That sounds like a place that I want to dwell. Psalm 27 verse 5 says this, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's a shelter, right? In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Here's the secret place. Are you ready? He that dwelleth in the secret place. This is the the presence of God. It's a one-on-one time where you, child of God, go in and you open the truth of the Word of God and you allow the God of heaven to communicate His truth to you. And where you, child of God, go in before the holy God of heaven and you Pour out your heart to Him. And you have this time of fellowship with Him. Jesus described it because we need clear instructions on how we are to spend time with God. And you know what He says in Matthew chapter 6? I think it will be on the screen. Matthew 6 verse 6 says this. But thou, when thou prayest. Look at the instructions He gives. Enter into thy closet. All right. Now some of you say, I can barely get in my closet to find my clothes. There's so many things over the years that maybe we've accumulated. It's not necessarily talking about, you get the understanding. It's this quiet. It's this secret. It's a place where all the distractions of the world are shut out from your life. You say, how do you know that? Because I like how he describes it. And thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet. And here's some instructions. Don't miss them. And when thou hast shut thy, what? Let me describe it for you. Put yourself in a place where nothing of this earth can distract you. Put yourself in a place where, by the way, turn the cell phone off, right? Leave it outside the secret place. Take the Word of God. Take the heart that God has given you and the Spirit of God. 
and go before him. You say, do you know how hard it is to find a place where there's no distractions? Do you know how hard it is to find? Imagine this. Imagine if we found that place and we spent time with the God of heaven. Imagine how more equipped we would be to face these unknown things of this world. And that's what the author is describing for us. He that dwelleth in the secret place, the place where every fear is cast out, the place where we focus on the unchanging truth of God, a place where fellowship with the Father takes place, where protection and shelter are found in God. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in what? Secret. It's that secret place. He says, when you're there, once all the distractions are out, uh, once you've logged off of all the, the social media accounts, right? once you've done all those things, leave it, go in, and commune with God. Now, now, I need you to stop right here in the message and look right here for just a moment. When's the last time that you were in that place? When's the last time that it was you and God, no one else, and you were communing with the God of this world? The secret place is where we get alone with God. We're still, we're quiet, we're in the presence of God, and we're experiencing His presence in our lives. See, the secret place is where we surrender our will to God's will. The secret place is where I say, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. You know, Jesus spent time in the secret place, didn't He? I want you to think in your Bibles, if you would, in Luke chapter 22, Look, look at this verse, if you would. It says, and, and when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, he kneeled down and prayed. I think you can see Jesus being the example for us. He told us in Matthew 6, when you pray, enter in your closet, shut the door. Well, he's traveling with his disciples, so it's not like he had a physical structure that he could go in and, and close the doors. But he tells us he withdrew himself. He got away far enough that there weren't the distractions of others around him. And so once he was there, he kneeled down, and what did he do according to verse 41? He, he prayed, and look what he says in verse 42. He's saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. It won't be long, and we will come together and we'll celebrate the resurrection, but prior to that, we might focus on the time right before Jesus went to the cross. And you know what he did in that secret place? I want you to consider Luke 22, 41 and 42. Do you know what happened with Jesus in the secret place? It's where he allowed the will of the Father to become the will that he was going to fulfill in his life. So he goes into this secret place and in his time with God, you know what he said? If thou be willing... God, would you remove this from me? There's something in this world that I'm facing that I don't like. I can't consider. I don't even want to consider it. I know it's what needs to happen, but look what he says. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Church, you know what happens in the secret place? You get to go in and commune with your father, and you get to say to him, Father, I, don't, I, can't, I can't do it. Father, I can't, I, can't, I can't imagine going a step further. Father, I can't imagine being able to, but nevertheless, in this secret place, I'm going to commit to you that your will would be done and not mine. See, the secret place allows us to exchange our temporary struggle and trial for the acceptance of the eternal plan and purpose of God. I want to say that one more time, and I want you to listen, because here's what happens in the secret place. 
in the secret place, we get to exchange our temporary struggle and trial for the will, the eternal will and plan of God. You see, in my life, everything I'm facing, it's a temporary struggle. Boy, I'm a child of God. You know what that means? It's only, only a short time I'm here on this earth, right? And there is coming a day, remember that song we sing, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face, the One who saved me by His grace, when He takes me by the hand and, and He leads me through the promised land. What's it say? What a day, glorious day that will be. Can I remind you, on that day, all of the things that we face here, they're over, they're finished, they're done with. So between now and then, how do I learn to face the things of this world? I get alone with the God of this world in the secret place, and I say, God, not my will, but Thine be done. I'm surrendering who I am, and I'm turning my life over to you. Here's what happens in the secret place. Our will submits to His will. Our will submits to His will. Now, I think you would know this. At some point, if you're going to have structure of any kind, uh, individuals or created beings, the will needs to be broken. You understand that, right? Our will has to be broken. Um, so whether it be a, an animal that you're trying to train, the will has to be broken. I have this neighbor that just got a beautiful golden doodle. It's a beautiful dog. But my neighbor did not spend any time researching how to train a dog. And it, I wish I had video this morning because it is so very comical. We actually have a wonderful time in our home just looking out the windows watching our neighbor because my neighbor doesn't walk her dog. Her dog walks her. And how I found this out is I look out my window and there's a lady standing, I mean, right up against the side of my house. And I went out like, can, can I help you? And then one day I went out and I opened my garage door and she's standing right at the front of my garage. And she says, I, I just, my dog wants to walk. And so I just let him take me wherever. I don't want to pull him too much. And I'm thinking, I need to help this dear lady learn how to break the will of this dog. Right? At every time point in our life, somewhere in our life, we have to come to the realization that we have a will. And that will needs to be yielded or broken. In our case, spiritually speaking, we need to yield ourselves to the creator of this world and say, God, not my will, because you know my will? My will is really about me. My will is about my needs, but God, your will is eternal. God, you see the whole. You see everything that's happening. And so when we come to this place, this secret place, we come to God. It's a place where we find genuine joy. It's a place where a successful Christian living takes place. It's a place where our will submits to His. Psalm 16, verse number 11 says this, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence, sounds like the secret place, doesn't it? In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Boy, the psalmist says, thou wilt show me the path of life. You know what that says right there? God, you're going to show me the next move. We all want to know what to do next, don't we? What's coming? What do we do? How do we handle this? God says, hey, no, no, I'm going to show you. The psalmist says, God, you will show me the path of life in your presence, not in some temporary place, but in your presence, God. And your presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. So he that dwelleth in the secret place. So we notice who is invited we notice the instructions given. We have to dwell in this secret place. By the way, uh, proximity matters when it comes to God. 
Right? You've got to dwell in that secret place, close to God. I'm walking, communing, close with God. Look back at our verse. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Now I'm going to do my best to wrap up Psalm 91, 1 and 2 here in just a few moments. The last thing I want you to notice of this psalm is how the psalmist lays out for us four names of God in the first two verses. Now, I don't know about you, I'm excited to find out maybe who wrote it in the background, but I'm really excited to find out more about this shadow of the Almighty, this refuge, this fortress that he's talking about. There's four names of God. Maybe you would mark them and go back and consider this this week in your quiet time. First of all, he says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. The Most High is the name Elyon. You know what the name Elyon means? Possessor of heaven and earth. I don't know about you, but he says, hey, wait, there is a place, a secret place, and it's the place of the Most High, and we can get alone with the possessor of heaven and earth. Now, I know there's some people in here, I assume this because of a crowd this size, there's some people in here that you want to get some things done in life. Right? You watch the news at night and you think, nope, if they would have just asked me, we would have done an A, B, and C, and we would have gotten it taken care of. Right? You want to get some things done in life. If I could say to you, listen, I've been given a connection, and you name the person, and whoever it is, I can get you an hour alone with them this week, and you can talk with them. And some of you right now, you have names on your list right now that you say, I'll take an hour with that person. I'll give them a piece of my, no, you, I'll talk to them. And, and you, you know what you would do? You would rearrange your schedule to be able to be there to make that meeting. Because that meeting would be important to you. Because I'm about to spend an hour with, and you fill in the blank of who that was. You would have time. You know why? Because you have time for the things that you love. I found that you also have money for the things that you love. Right? So you have time for the things that you love. Sometimes we say, well, I missed the secret place because I didn't have time. Wait a minute. Do you know what you just missed out on? You missed out on spending time with Elyon, the possessor of heaven and earth. So look what he says. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, that's Elyon, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word is Shaddai. That name for God is Shaddai, the Almighty. That is the all-sufficient God who is adequate for every situation. Do you believe he's the all-sufficient God today? Do you believe that no matter what is going on in your life, He has the ability and the opportunity to meet that need in your life? Do you believe that? Now listen, we might come at it and say, God, this is how you need to meet my need, but by the way, I've found this in my life, that the way I think God needs to meet my need is not often how He does it, but He is God. He's possessor of heaven and earth. He is Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient God. All right, so that's the second name, the Most High and the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord. That's the third name for God listed in these verses. And so we know the Lord, that's Jehovah, the covenant-making God who is faithful to His promise. I'm thankful today. I haven't been talking to you about somebody that doesn't keep His promises. The nature and character of God is that He always keeps His promise. No matter what He says, He will fulfill it, and His Word is full of promises. So He's the Most High. He's the Almighty. He's the Lord. And then look at this. It says, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, fourth name, my God. The Creator, Elohim. The powerful God whose greatness and glory surpass anything that we could imagine. 
And so I just want to ask you this morning, are you spending time in the secret place? If your life's like mine, I see a lot of difficulties and I see a lot of trials and I see a lot of things happening and I think, boy, I, I wish I could change that and I wish I could do this and I, I wish to, and, and here's the reality. The reality of life is we will face difficulty and uncertainty. It's going to happen. Look, I'm not trying to give you a downer today. I'm really trying to point you to the one who can be everything in your life. See, see I'm here for a couple hours today. God is ever present in your life, child of God. And He wants you, He invites you to dwell in His presence. In life, death will occur, right? In life, great loss will happen. Relationships will turn. Economic hard times will come. Sickness will come. All of these things will be faced in our lifetime. Now, I left Wildwood today and I forgot my closing illustration in my truck. But I had, you can visualize this because we all know what a golf umbrella looks like, right? And I was going to bring this golf umbrella and I was going to hold it. And I know it's bad luck to open it inside of a building, but I don't believe in luck. So I was going to open it and I was going to walk around and I was going to show you. And what happens with an umbrella? See, I could have an umbrella, but you know, if your life is like mine, do you know where the umbrella is every time it's raining? In the car. And my dear wife says, oh, my umbrella's in the car. That's code for can you go get my umbrella so I don't have to walk out there in that? And I'm like, why, don't, why can't we just have multiple umbrellas in multiple locations so that we can grab them, right? But here's what happens. You can have an umbrella, and you can know about the umbrella, and you can know where it is. But until you put that umbrella up and you choose to get under the shadow of the umbrella, until you do that, you're not protected from the elements that are falling from the sky. We understand that, right? You know I'm in a room full of individuals say, here's what I know that you came into church knowing already. God is the all-sufficient God. Uh, God is the all-knowing God. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He can take care of your situation. He can help you. He will hide you. You know that, and we all know that, but can I ask you this? Are you dwelling in the secret place? Because the Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my help my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. I'm thankful to tell you today, there is a source, there is security, there is protection, but it is only found in God. And I want to encourage you today, make a decision that in your life, you're not going to miss out on communing with God. You're not going to miss out on going in, closing that door, and spending time with the God of this world. You need help, I need help, and He has it. Let's get alone with Him and allow Him to provide that in our life. Let's pray together this morning. Lord Jesus, I love You today, and I thank You for being such a gracious God. I thank You for providing for us a place, Your presence, where we can go and we can dwell and we can spend time there. And God, I pray that You would help us in every way, Lord, to follow You. Lord, to recognize that Lord, it's not a strange thing for trials to come into our life. It's actually a, a normal thing for that to happen. Your Word tells us that. And so God, in order to face those and have the, the understanding and the ability and the care, and the, the Lord, help us to spend time with You in the secret place. And Lord, we know as the psalmist said, You'll be our refuge, our fortress, our God. And Lord, we can trust in You. And so God, would You please help us here this morning. We thank You for the opportunity, Lord, to know You and to know your word. 
With your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we're going to have an invitation time, and I just ask you maybe to respond here this morning. In just a moment, we'll ask you to come, and the altar will be open. And the altar is a place of prayer. It's a place of praise. It's a place of decision. And maybe you need to come and make a decision this morning. As the piano begins to play this morning, just a couple questions before I have you stand. I wonder if you'd say this morning as I came into church today, I had something heavy and weighing on my heart and my life. And, and God reminded me today that the place I need to go is His presence. The person I need to run to is Him. And, and this morning, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to dwell in the secret place of the Almighty God. Is there anybody here this morning? So that's me today. I'm making, God bless you. And you're saying right now, today, God spoke to me and I'm going to make it a point to spend time in His presence. By no means would you have to do this, but maybe if you just raise your hand this morning in a moment, maybe you'd come and you'd spend time here and saying, God, would you help me? Would you help me to be in your presence? Would you help me to be where you are and to receive that security and protection from you? Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. Carrie's playing here on the piano. The altar's open. Maybe you want to come and spend a few moments with him. I'd encourage you, if you would, come and ask the Lord to help you this week as you spend time in the presence of the Almighty God. You can come this morning. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.